Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The only thing standing between you and your dreams is you and your dreams. Lord, Father God, we give thanks and praise for all of these bountiful gifts. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Luke. His work in pool sanitation, Lord, is really something else. <laughs> Tanner, it's time for us to do something with our lives. Time to go to church. The attendance of the church has been slowly declining. We need 75 grand just to make the rest of the years work. Okay, I got an idea. Faith-based, the entire genre is a goldmine. I want to make the best Christian movie Jesus has ever seen. It's time to show my dad what we can do. Dude. It seems like a lot of work. Nikki Steele says... You work hard, you play hard. You work harder, you play harder. You work hardest, you play rock hard. I'm in. For these movies to make money, you need some keywords in the title. Purpose, faith, prayer, heaven. You know, thoughts and prayers, the movie. Prayer and prejudice, faith and furious. <laughs> A prayer in space. The first prayer ever to be prayed in space. You gotta talk about God. Doesn't have to be God, God. You can talk about a higher power. So then it's like... <laughs> the spaceship lands perfectly on Mars. Action space monster! What the 18 double hockey sticks is this? Why do all these Christian movies have to be bad? They don't have to be bad. They just don't have to be good. Lord, save me from these space monsters! Christian movies are a great way to impact the world. And they're also very lucrative. What do you two even know about making a movie? What it do, baby? It's the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. A lot going on the past couple weeks. Got some craziness happening at Hillsong. The election, everyone's lost their minds. And I released the cover and release date for the new Preachers and Sneakers book of note. Probably the most important thing going on the past couple weeks. If you didn't see the news, head on over to my Instagram and check out the cover and the release date. Well, I'll just tell you. It's April 27th, 2021. Pre-orders are open on all the book retailers. You can't say one retailer over the other because the others get pissed. So go to your quote-unquote favorite book retailer to uh, pre-order my new book about for-profit faith and wannabe celebrities coming early next year. Super pumped about it. I uh, busted my ass all year writing this book, every word, zero ghostwriters, unlike uh, a lot of other people I know. So I hope you enjoy it. I think it will be good for digging deeper into some of the harder questions about uh, all the money that goes around and all the celebrity that goes around in the Christian world. 
uh, written by a pretty normal idiot dude. So hopefully it's uh, relatable or easy to understand or easy to digest. Or you may hate it. We'll see. Uh, but would love it if you pre-ordered over at your favorite book retailer. Anyways, today's episode's exciting because I've got two of my good Hollywood buddies, Luke Barnett and Tanner Thomason in the house. They, if you don't know who they are, they wrote and produced a, a feature film satirizing. I'm not sure if that's a word, but uh, a satire about the Christian film industry. So it's kind of like double meta. They're dudes making a movie about dudes making a movie, but the film is called faith based and it's got some like real heavy hitting actors in it. Like uh, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld and David Koechner from the office and pretty much uh, anchorman, all the comedies. Uh, it's awesome. The movie's hilarious. And I was pumped to have them on the podcast today to talk about the movie, talk about how they got into Hollywood, their background and how they know about kind of the quirky Christian world and uh, what the future holds for them. So this should be entertaining and I hope you get something out of it because it's a good discussion about whether or not it's okay to make fun of Christian stuff if you're a Christian. So sit back, relax, enjoy the next hour or so with Luke Barnett and Tanner Thomason. Okay, on today's episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast, I've got my two good buddies, Luke Barnett and Tanner Thomason in the house. What's happening, dudes? Uh, Tyler, thank you so much. Hey. Yeah, man, what's going on? Not much. So uh, if you don't know Luke and Tanner, they wrote and acted and produced the brand new movie Faith Based, which is all about the Christian film industry. And we got to know each other because we kind of play in the same sandbox in a lot of ways by... uh, (laughs) Slightly creating satire around Christian culture. So um, before we get to the movie, I would just love to hear for the listeners, maybe both of y'all's quick backgrounds and maybe how you got into the Hollywood scene and uh, how you came to be making this like pretty big time movie. Ooh, man. First off, thank you for calling it big time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's big time. I mean, once we get into the cast, I think people will agree that it, it seems big time to me. It's big time to us. <laughs> yeah. 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 So go ahead, Luke. You first. Yeah. I, the, uh, yeah, for me, I moved out here. I think Tanner and I actually moved out here right around the same time, you know, roughly 15-ish years ago, um, somewhere in that range. Uh, I'm from D.C. originally. Uh, I grew up going to the tiniest Christian kind of like kindergarten through 12 school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, most of my – many, many peers ended up going on to Christian colleges, whether it be Liberty or – uh, or whatnot, and Tyler Huckabee. Uh, and I'm, yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't go to school with him, but, but you know, uh, okay, so okay, but I, go ahead, but he's the best. He's been such a relevant, been a great supporter of the movie as well. Yeah, so, but y'all are like uh, homies uh, offline, like in real life, not just over. No, real we we connected, we connected through this movie. Oh, okay, uh, kind of like you and I. Like I think once the movie came on his radar, he DM'd me on Twitter, just like I got to know more about yeah, this he loves sort of thing, this kind and of thing. it's obviously up his alley. Yeah, for sure. Um, and he's a great voice for like, for lack of a better term, the like forward thinking Christian community of sorts. Like I really appreciate what he kind of like adds to the conversation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, where I grew up was very like quintessential evangelical, like my high school was the movie saved. Um, and, uh, and I grew up very much like, 
going to youth conferences and listening to like Christian punk and ska in the nineties and kind of constantly going through a cycle of like, um, you know, uh, repenting and, and then dedicating my life to the Lord. Yes. And then all of a sudden realizing it was like six months later, really fun to like, uh, touch my girlfriend's boobs <laughs> and like try alcohol. And so then I would go back downhill and then repent again and, and round and round we go. Um, and then you grew that mustache. But, and then I grew this sweet mustache and, and everything changed. Uh, no, and then yeah, I moved to LA around the same time as Tanner, and we ba- I basically uh, started just kind of auditioning, like a lot of people do as aspiring actors, for really bad kind of student films and indie films, mm. and uh, three lines on CSI Miami and the quintessential kind of grind. And then I had had a roommate, uh, Carly Craig, who actually is in our movie and is a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. who she had been working with uh, Funny or Die, which was Will Ferrell's website that used to do a lot more sketch comedy stuff and she basically said like why aren't you writing like write something and i'll kind of like help you get it to them and and do it and and i wrote this sketch called um it was called growing up with gosling and i basically uh, tanner actually helped me out on it It was one of the first things we kind of did together and i basically in the sketch played uh, ryan gosling's childhood best friend who he had tried to cast in all of his movies as the other lead but a few days in, the studio would replace me with a woman. And so the the, the sketch kind of goes back and forth between Ryan and I wearing these matching tank tops and glasses. And then scenes from his movies where I'm green screened in place of Rachel McAdams or, or Christina Hendricks. Um, and all of a sudden, like this thing that we shot for like probably $300 um, is in the LA Times and is wow. in the Hollywood Reporter and all this stuff. And I was, and I had a moment at that there of like, oh, this is where it's at. Like kind of just making your own stuff versus like auditioning for these tiny, terrible things that no one's ever going to see or I'm probably not even get a book. Yeah, what year was um, that? And that that was 2012. Okay. I remember I, the Funny or Die, I think for people that maybe don't know what it is, I don't know if people saw those videos of Will Ferrell and maybe it was his daughter trying to collect the landlord cussing him out and stuff. That was like the pinnacle uh, of comedy to me at the time. That was oh, so yeah. funny. Well, he had a run there, like 20, it was probably 2011 to 20, like 16 or 15, that, that Funnier Die was like, you know, top of the online comedy game. Yeah. Um, and so you were yeah, there at a good time. Of, yeah, that was a good time. And, and, and I did a bunch of stuff there with Tanner and, and, uh, and Vince, who directed the movie. We kind of like met doing one of those videos. And, and, uh, and that kind of led to our first feature, which was a, a horror comedy called Fear, Inc. that I wrote and Tanner was a producer on and Vince, uh, who directed Faith Based, directed that, um, which was literally kind of like us and our friends getting credit cards and friends investing and and trying to make this movie. And we did and it, and it premiered at Tribeca and was kind of a, you know, I wouldn't say it was a launch pad in the sense of like it didn't make us rich or anything, but it definitely kind of got us at least like into the game a little bit. Like once it premiered at Tribeca, we were at least, yeah, we were at least able to like get in some conversations about like what we want to do. And, and yeah, man, a few years later, we're here talking about like a real passion project, uh, faith-based. It's awesome. It's kind of my long story really long. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Tanner? Oh man. Uh, yeah. So freaking a man, I'm from uh, Southeast Oklahoma, which, uh, I know you're in Texas. And so like, I'm from the buckle of the Bible belt and there's a uh, lot of buckles around here. Yeah. A whole lot of those. (laughs) Um, 
uh, <laughs> grew up going to like Southern Baptist and Methodist churches. My grandfather uh, is the last living deacon of his uh, of Trinity Baptist Church in Idabel, Oklahoma. He, wow. he literally built it with his hands. Went to Falls Creek many years. Uh, went, uh, was the president of my Methodist youth district. Um, nice. Uh, did all that sort of stuff. Uh, you Andrew know. still has that on his business card, which I think is like <laughs> weird, but it's cool. You know, it opens doors and it's a conversation. Especially starter. in Hollywood, for sure. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially in Hollywood. 1997 uh, youth group chairman. Uh, I don't know if you guys are aware or not, but I organized the uh, Southeastern District's lock-in three years in a row. and uh, Lots of Mountain Dew. That rave review. Yeah, yes, I brought Surge. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, moved to LA, uh, went to college, uh, studied business, moved to LA in 05. Started working behind the camera in reality television. I did lots of reality TV That's for right. years. Got into making uh, short form content with friends, started making some stuff with Luke. Um, I wound up hosting and producing a talk show for a number of years. It started uh -huh. on the internet, then made the leap to uh, national syndication. And then um, uh, that was when Fear Inc. was made. And so I was a producer on Fear Inc. That, was, that would have been 2015, 2016? It came out in 16, made it in 15. 16, made in 15. And then after my show, uh, after, I don't know, six seven years of this show no six years five years of this five years of the show um show ended i started working for cbs doing the exact same thing i uh, was with them for a year and then that brings us to here wow um yeah I also like did a lot of random lots and lots of random online short form comedy videos in the meantime huh how do you go from business undergrad to working behind a camera what is that how did that uh, happen so it's weird, man. Like in retrospect, if I could go back, I would probably try to save, honestly, I would probably try to save my parents a lot of money uh, <laughs> and, and say that I didn't, didn't need those years of college education. Yeah. Um, not that that's not important, but it was just like one of those things where like, I'm good at school. I'm very good at school, but, but, the that, but, but being good at school is a very specific thing. It doesn't always translate into other areas of life. And um, so when I graduated high school, I'm the oldest of three. And so the presumption was that I was going to go to school. And, and at that point in time, I was like, I don't know, maybe I just want to go live life. Um, uh, a parent's then, oh, dream. Yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. They don't like that. Um, so I don't know, long story short, like I, I had a degree in marketing and then I went and started working for a minimum wage or less on bad reality television. And I oh, so it was like an hourly type thing. That's not like a, a career job. That's like a hired gun type well, the thing. Well, in, the, in, the entry into the reality, the entry, like yeah. being a PA and stuff like I that. Said. is. Uh... They, they, they typically don't pay by the hourly. It's typically a day rate, but that rate is pretty low. You can, you can absolutely have fantastic and great and rewarding jobs in reality television. Um, but just those aren't the ones that you start with. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Tracking. All right. So maybe if we can add some value to people that are listening that maybe uh, have considered getting into the acting game, because I imagine everyone has the same thoughts. Like how the frick am I supposed to actually get a sure. gig without having any experience or any agent or any friends in LA? Like for you, Luke, you basically said, Hey, I started auditioning for shitty commercials what does that process look like? Or maybe from your perspective now, what does that look like for somebody that's a newbie? 
Yeah. I mean, I think if somebody was going to come out of here and pursue it, I think the thing I would have liked to have done different is uh, making my own content that I started doing in like uh, 2012, 13. I wish I had done that right away. Um, You know, I wish I had from the beginning, like started making my own stuff because, you know, when we first did Fear Inc., that was my first like really an oh shit moment like I kind of got out of the acting game for a while and basically got back into it like a year ago year and a half ago because I had a moment with Fear Inc where where we were casting it and we were getting pitched people that we would meet with who were like series regulars on tv shows Um, and our movie was an ultra low budget movie that paid three hundred dollars a day and we were getting pitched people you know and we were like ah they're not big enough they're not big enough. We got to have somebody that's going to sell the movie. And and that was a moment for me as, as an actor that no one knew about that. I was like, who the fuck would cast me? Like, why would you cast me if I'm having a moment where I'm meeting with like the star of a Fox sitcom that's been on for seven years. And I'm like, ah, he's not big enough. Then like, no one's going to cast Luke Barnett. Right. Um, and so that was like a, a moment of, for me of just like, ah, I think I'll focus on writing and producing more. Um, but I think, I think, faith-based has really like shown me like it still comes it's the same as making a sketch it's like it all comes down to like you have we have the power now to create our own content whether that's because of the technology or because of just the people that are all like kind of down to do it um that that's what i would do because like even my life now i still audition dude I, I made half my years living last year off of a toyota commercial so it's like i still do that stuff you know as much as i can yeah. but so much of it is out of your control. Like you could be the best actor in the room, but if they're imagining something different, like you're not going to get that role. Yeah, it doesn't and matter. I hate, it doesn't, it matter doesn't matter. If you're the best actor and, I, and I hate the idea of of my entire career being completely out of my hands. Yeah. And so that was definitely the moment for for me, and, and I'm sure Tanner would agree. Of like, you got to create your own content. Yeah. Let me let me boil it down real quick for anybody who is listening to this podcast and you're like, oh, I have this dream. Maybe you're even scared to like say it out loud, but like this thing that you want to do. Uh, acting in particular now is so incredibly different or trying to trying to be successful in that business is so incredibly different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. When Brad Pitt was coming up in the late 80s and 90s, like you could be an unknown and just grind your way through auditions and stack your credits up. Yeah. I don't think that that's a reality anymore. Hmm. The reality is, is that what you have to do is just like technology came around and like made some jobs go away because we don't need the woman who's connecting phone lines in the phone anymore, right? Mm -hmm. Our phones do that automatically. That job went away. Jobs get consolidated. So I don't think you can afford anymore, especially if you're trying to start out, to think of yourself as just an actor. Like you have, you have to be a writer. You must be a producer. Those used to be three separate jobs, but now if you're not doing all three of those things, you will never get ahead. And I think that's true. I mean, look, it's like, look, you started out, you started out making a real specific thing with the Instagram. People responded to that. Uh Now we're talking about books. And so you're creating these opportunities and people just have yeah. to realize that they have to do that. Yeah. If you did, if you hadn't created the Instagram yourself and had that work, then like you would have this podcast right now that like would only be listened to by your like, you know, six Facebook friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, if that. Uh, 
you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they would hate it. Yeah. But now <laughs> yeah. I'm, I would, I would venture to say that I, I might be the next generation Brad Pitt. There, yeah. like, if we're honest, like I don't yes. want to toot my own horn as much, Listen, but I, I'm actually glad you brought this up. Luke and I brought you here today because I could pass to you. Thank you. In our Thelma and Louise. My abs are uh, in perfect condition yeah. for that. Role. You're now going to be the shirtless hitchhiker that we pick up on our road trip yeah. movie. Heck yeah, yep. man. My wife is going to be so stoked to move again. Uh, anyways, okay, that's super helpful. I mean, that's something I think about every once in a while, and I'm sure there's tons of people out there that are like, how the frick do these guys get to where they are? Because if you really saw like, them on screen, they're very unimpressive people and yeah. really not talented at all. So I, I, I just want to drive this home real just one last thing because I, I get so I, I get so hyped about this, about like following your creative passion and like putting the work in to do it. Billy freaking Eilish and her brother cut their album in their bedroom. Oh yeah. Like the that one that she Grammys. Yeah. They're crazy. You gotta make though. your own thing. They're also kind of talented. It also helps if you're incredibly talented. Luke and I have none of that. Uh, yeah, and we still got Jason Alexander. Yeah, yeah and we're also not attractive. <laughs> That's very true. Billie Eilish is so good. It, and it, there's very, like there's only a few people that can do that where you can show up with something unique in a world of tons of stuff that isn't unique. Like somehow mm-hmm. they were able to show up and be talented mm-hmm. enough and also create something that people are like, what is, what is this? Oh, this is uh, different. Yeah. yeah, and it's hard to kind of it's hard to generate that. Yeah. But what I hear you saying is that maybe you take some crappy jobs at first, but be persistent with it. And even yeah. if you're not making anything from it, do the thing that you want to do because there's Absolutely. no excuse at this point. Absolutely, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Okay, sweet. Well, let's get to the movie. So, uh, y'all, after Fear Inc., you wrote and did you produce the movie too? Does that do y'all yeah. you counted as producers as well? Okay. Yeah. So this movie, faith based. Uh, is basically a comedy about the Christian film industry, which if you grow up in Christian world, you know very, very well about the kind of cheese level movies that go out there, but also <laughs> get consumed at a very large scale. So uh, do one of y'all mind kind of walking through just the basic premise of the movie and maybe how you got the idea and where it stands now? Yeah. I mean, the idea of the movie, uh, you know, it, where it kind of came from originally was, uh, Vince and I, you know, after Fear Inc., we were pitching a lot. So we kept pitching kind of TV shows and we were pitching uh, a different script out. And, um, and and honestly, we kept getting like really good responses, but then it wouldn't get made. And so then we were, because we were trying to like move up a little bit. So we were, you know, it was a little bit of a bigger movie and a TV show, which obviously we've never had a TV show. So everyone would have to take a risk on us. And, and it was just like, you know, constant nose. And I think we thought when the movie had premiered at Tribeca that like, you know, you hear so many stories about a movie premiering at a festival and all of a sudden those kind of indie filmmakers uh, all of a sudden getting a massive studio movie or getting something like that. And and we just expected that that's what happens. And then after two years of it not happening, uh, I think uh, I can't remember if it was war room or, or or, I'm not joking. (laughs) God's not dead three. One of those two movies had come out and I, and it made like $30 million. And I looked at Vince and I just said, we should just make a bad Christian movie and then use that money to fund all these things that we're pitching. Hmm. And, uh, and it started off as just a total joke. And then we kind of, "Ah, it's kind of funny. I ran the idea by Tanner, like, ah, it's a funny, that is a funny premise for this. And then we kind of tried to work it out as like a TV pitch, um, like an American vandal sort of thing. And, 
and we liked it, but we also really loved the first season and it ended kind of perfectly and we couldn't really figure out where to go from there. And so we, at one point, uh, Vince and I had produced two other movies in a row that we're really proud of, but they were kind of these dark crime thrillers and uh, weren't necessarily exactly what we wanted to be making as a, as a writer and him as a director. Yeah. Um, and so we just said, man, let's just write this as a feature, uh, go shoot it with our friends um, on cell phones for no money. We'll improvise the entire thing. And we were like kind of set to make this movie that way. And then it just kind of organically, grew a little bit so you know tanner got involved i ended up writing like a script instead of improvising it we uh, started to cast our everybody started to say yes when we were casting it we raised a little bit of money um and so now we've got this movie that's essentially these two guys played by tanner and i who who similar to that story i just told come to the realization that a lot of these bad christian movies make a lot of money and so they uh essentially decide they're going to try to make one of their own, even though they're not uh, Christians and don't necessarily know how to make movies. It's pretty meta because you're essentially making a movie about uh, what you're, so the movie is about what making a movie about yeah. what it's making a movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like two dumb guys making a movie about two slightly dumber guys making a movie. And that was the thing. Like uh, at first I was skeptical because mainstream culture often gets Christian culture wrong where it's like, all right, you're making fun of it, but you're also being kind of intellectually lazy about it. Like, mm-hmm. congrats. You just do what like the like the caricature version of Christians are. But what I appreciate about it, y'all's movie, is that there are, uh, I think people in the Christian sphere that still call themselves Christians can appreciate it, at least. Like, even if they're like, all right, they're kind of making fun of what we do, uh, there's still elements that it's not just, like, cartoony to me. Like, I, I truly think I truly think that, uh, and we, Luke and, and Vince and myself have talked about this a lot. I truly think that that the people who are going to connect with this the most and like this the most are Christians. Like I, I truly believe that, especially sort of the the forward thinking Christians. Yeah. I mean, I, I if they can get past the R rating for language. Yeah, if they can get know. past the f bombs we drop in the first thirty seconds, three lines. <laughs> yeah, people are going to start watching us thinking it's a Christian film. And like, yeah. Oh, 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 I. I there, I had a moment like or this weekend when it first came out where I just thought to myself, there has to be at least one, if not multiple moments where someone clicks on this thing, like on direct TV or they're in Ohio and they just like a oh, faith based, a Christian movie or, or it's even, even the po- yeah. and the posters, the posters like hand drawn. So did they even think it's a, a Christian kids cartoon? Uh-huh. I don't know, but I, I need to know someone didn't watch the trailer and clicks it. And then the third word uttered is the F bomb. And I just love the idea of just a whole family, like their grandma being in there for like movie night. And then it just starts and like David Kecker just pops up and being corrupted, (laughs) immediately corrupted. And that's crazy. Like the, uh, well, going back to the, the, the Christians appreciating it. I think this is something I think about a lot is like whether or not, it's okay for Christians to make fun of their own culture because a lot like with my account, there's a lot of people that cannot compute why someone in the Christian world would make fun of Mm -hmm. Christian culture. Mm. And uh, you definitely have to be open-minded enough when you're watching this movie to be like, all right, we do do some kind of kooky things from the outside looking in. Uh, I just wish more people were able to do that where it's like, yes, like the whole concept of this 
is serious and with this like dictates our life, but also come on, like we can joke about this and nobody's off limits for making jokes about them. I think like, I think if you're able to make jokes about somebody, you should be able to, for the most part, say for maybe a couple things, make jokes about anything like that's comedy. Uh, I just mm-hmm. wish more Christians were open to uh, receiving that about them, the stuff that they believe. Because I mean, I'm a Christian, like very seriously a Christian, and I this like I get such a kick out of this because uh, one, I love comedy, but also the stuff we do is very tribal and weird and uh, is hard for people to comprehend sometimes, and often we get sucked in and don't start looking at the the comedic elements of that. So I think y'all nailed that from from my regard um thank you you're welcome it was yeah man it was a pity compliment but (laughs) we'll take it we're not casting you as in our film (laughs) you're not brad pitt and tom and louise anymore (laughs) there are some daily comforts that just make you grateful and feel more grounded in life petting the dog hitting the snooze button and of course that first cup of coffee these are things that you can on every day to help you get where you want to go things like the upper room daily devotional guide You can count on the upper room for daily inspiration, daily community, and daily prayer. It's the only daily devotional magazine written by readers, ordinary people, people who've encountered God in daily situations. The upper room is here for you every day through your email, a custom app, or printed magazine. Enjoy a free 30-day trial of the email or app service by visiting upperroom.org slash welcome. That's U-P-P-E-R-R-O-O-M dot org slash welcome to get your first 30 days free. You know, you know, one of the things I think is interesting is I think there's this weird misconception in a lot of evangelical Christianity that Christians are this kind of minority uh, that's being pushed out when like the, the reality is that they are the vast majority. And so it's kind of like you, a movie like this or even like your, your Instagram uh, if anything, it's the epitome, it's the definition of punching up. So it's kind of like, it's like you can't, you can't go after the biggest, most popular thing ever of course and then act as if we're like uh, hurting the little guy. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> yeah. uh, that is a very good way to, to put it. It's yeah. like, it is a very main, uh, there's a lot of Christians out there and it is, it in, doesn't get bigger. And especially right. in America, none of us. Uh, depending on who you ask, are being actually persecuted for our faith. And so no, making no, jokes yeah. about the thing is hardly persecution. Like, sure, if you're getting like bullied at work or isolated or something because of your faith, that's I would say that's persecution. But by making jokes about it is so far from persecution to me. Yeah. I mean, it's... Listen, here, here, the real deal, honest truth is like within the last two weeks, uh, within the last two weeks, Christians have literally been arrested in China. That's not hyperbole. That's that's not conspiracy. That's like actual news that happened um, uh, because China didn't want Christianity. That was, you know, they can they can do that over there. But like the, the other the other side of it is, is like, are you the kind of person who like if you trip and fall down and you're not injured, can you laugh at yourself? Yeah. Um, some people can and and everyone laughs harder because of it. But then some people can't and they and they act like, oh, if <laughs> how, how oh I'm so hurt, I, I'm so embarrassed. And like and so it's I don't know. Uh, to me, that's like it's kind of like a mirror. You know, if you hold yeah. that mirror up and you're able to laugh at yourself, then then to me, that says a whole lot more about you 
than than the person who's not capable of laughing at themselves. Yeah, and life will go better for you, I think, if you're able to maybe <laughs> yeah. not take things. So a lot seriously. easier, a lot smoother path. So on that note, uh, your your trailer or maybe just the announcement of your movie was featured on Fox News months ago. And y'all got some interesting comments. You mind talking about that whole situation real quick? Because I oh, yeah. uh, related very well to that. Um, so, so we, so as the movie was coming together, we got really lucky in that um, we were able to get you know some recognizable, uh, famous people, some actual famous actors to come out and be in this movie with uh, not famous and not talented uh, Luke and Tanner. <laughs> and so on our very first day of production, which was like in my house, in the living room that I'm sitting in, um, somebody's phone started blowing up and basically one of the articles about, oh, hey, uh, this movie is getting made, got picked up by Fox News and then pretty quickly thereafter, uh, Breitbart, their main .coms, and um, and they were calling us Hollywood hacks and they were saying that uh, more Los Angeles Hollywood hacks are making fun of Christians and the Christian film industry and how terrible we are because of this and, and all kinds of other things. And then we went on and shot the movie, uh, which, you know, uh, takes us to nearing the end of last year. Now, at this point, uh, we knew that we'd gotten into the Santa Barbara Film Festival and we needed to raise some awareness about it. And so we were trying to figure out what's a piece of content that we can release that will really go viral, that will like stir up some conversations. And then we thought, oh, hey, we can go back to those Fox News and Breitbart articles because there were literally 10,000 comments uh, in the comment sections of these That's articles. That's a lot. It's, it's a whole lot. The people are very passionate. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's interesting how easily you can... Uh, control people's emotions by attacking certain things in life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You want to get people riled up. You do it with fear. You do it with anger. Um, it's like the nightly news used to be uh, two things in your kitchen that can kill you. But first, you know, like now we're going to, they, they've got you hooked on that. Um, so yeah. we took, so we went through those comments and put the best ones uh, into a little fake trailer that we released that then Breitbart picked they took the bait and picked it back. Oh, that was the best part. This I was so curious. We released this trailer and I was just like, I wonder if they're going to respond again. And then they didn't on that day. And then the next day, this Breitbart article comes out and the guy's like first sentence in the article was like, I wasn't going to respond. And I was just like, ah, got him. <laughs> got him. So he was pissed. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, He was pissed, but he still gave us that national news coverage yes. and we were happy Mission for accomplished. It. <laughs> yeah, yeah mission right. accomplished. You out uh, leveled him in thinking. That's awesome. Uh <laughs> did, did, I mean, does that affect y'all at all? Like, I mean, when so many people are like uh you're going you're going to hell for this or like we're going to stab you. Does that No, I mean, maybe it would be different if they had seen the movie or, or they were commenting on something in the movie or whatnot, but like that it doesn't affect me at all to have uh something that you know absolutely nothing whatsoever about uh you to just jump to some sort of presumption and then just randomly get on your internet and waste ten minutes of your day commenting about these guys like going to hell or why don't they make Muslim comedies. Um it was like if anything, it was just like comedic and a and a really great um it was just a great look at what America is like in the sense of like, oh, there's this huge demographic of people that like know very little about things, but will give part of their day online screaming about. Them. Yeah, it's just, I mean, uh, it's the same people that will just read a headline 
and then we'll write their comment instead of reading yeah. any yeah. of the article yeah. or anything. Yeah. yeah. It, it, you, anybody who types out the phrase, do your research on Facebook, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's typically those the people. Best. Anyone who's willing to say, do your research, uh, and yeah, yeah. then just hit you with a machine gun of links that they think will change your mind. My, uh, fa- my favorite is always the people that start their sentence off with imagine. Imagine being so <laughs> lame two dudes to make a film making fun of yeah. well-meaning christians yeah. well That's and here's favorite. the other thing is like and i'm sure this is a game you understand it's just like we needed to build awareness and so let's say ten thousand people were hacked off enough to write a negative comment the number of people that we reached were so yes. much greater than that um and then that helped us attract uh, that helped us attract other talent to the film that helped us make the film appear as though it were like a Huge. bigger thing, which it became mm-hmm. as a result of these things. So for us, it was win-win. Yeah, that's awesome. So that was that part of y'all securing such good talent or was the film completely done for that? Because for people that don't know, I mean, Jason Alexander from Seinfeld is in this movie, freaking Todd Packer, uh, <laughs> David Koechner, David yeah. uh, the, uh, the guy from John Wick, what's his name? Yeah, Lance, Lance Reddick. Reddick. Lance Reddick, such a badass dude. And then yeah. uh, some of these ladies in here that I didn't know as as well, but pretty uh, high up in their own right too. Like there was oh, one yeah. girl from uh, what's the comedy? Was it like Hall Pass or? Oh uh, uh, yeah, Carly. Carly Craig. That's that's actually my old roommate who who first got me on to doing the videos in the first place. Okay. Carly Craig. Yeah. So she's been a lot of really big or like pretty big movies. Yeah, as well. We, yeah. Well, you know, I wouldn't say that the Fox news stuff did anything in terms of like, it's not like that got us any of those people, but I will say just in general, it helped. I mean, like Margaret Cho had, had heard of the movie, which mm-hmm. at least goes a long way. in in, in the sense of like, anybody that's a little bit bigger is, is more inclined to read or do something that they've, heard about obviously as opposed to just like a micro budget movie um and so it was helpful for all for all of that stuff but um but it wasn't you know we didn't we didn't really use that for casting but we didn't not include it like yeah so uh so you have this like amazing cast and i don't want to give too much away about the movie but uh uh jason alexander kicks you in the nuts (laughs) (laughs) what was that what was that whole experience working with him like i mean that dude is is a superstar yeah in the grand scheme of things how was that yeah that was uh you know there's no other way to put it aside from that was you know probably the greatest uh, working day of my life uh and we all had i had such a blast with him on set he was you know he's he's probably my favorite character from my favorite comedy and it was uh a, a literal dream come true. And we never, we never thought he would ever, you know, consider it. You know, we had, we had had a cast list that our executive producer would kind of leave notes on. And one of his notes on Jason Alexander was perfect, but impossible. <laughs> and, um, and so it was very surreal that it happened. And then I think the best part about it, to be honest, was just that like, you know, you hope that those people live up to your expectations yeah. and they often don't. Yeah. Meeting and he, yeah, they often don't, you know, whether they're having a bad day when you meet them or, or they're just not, you know, they're jaded or whatever. Um, and he really like surpassed everything. Like he was just the nicest human being in the world. He went above and beyond to like both in, in just being a great guy on set and like bringing it. Like when you see the movie, it's like he fucking, he brings it, dude. Yeah. You know, it's like he, 
Um, he, he, you know, I think the one thing that was nice about this movie for all these roles, when you do a movie that's on such a low budget, nobody from the crew to Jason Alexander is doing this for the paycheck. Right. And that, in my opinion, goes a long way in the movie having like a positive vibe to it and being a good movie because all these people are there because they want to be making something awesome. Um, and when you start to get into like bigger budgets, you know, it's hard to kind of keep that because now all of a sudden it's like a job to people. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, you know, it went really a long way, especially with him, just like you could tell the whole time he was there that he was excited to be playing Nikki Steele. And he, yeah, he, that's gotta be it such, was his idea to kick me in the nuts. That's gotta so, be, yeah. yeah, it's so funny. Uh, <laughs> and I hope you're okay after all that. Uh, <laughs> It's got to be such huge takes. It's got to be such huge validation for y'all when you write something to have somebody like that saying, "I don't care about the money for this," or maybe he didn't vocalize that, but like imply that I don't care about the he money. Clearly, I just want to be yeah. in this deal. Like that's got not many people, I'm sure, get that type of validation from such superstars. And so now y'all are in eternal amounts of debt paying for him to be on oh, the yeah. movie, right? Basically, basically, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So Tanner, what like? You had a part in writing this movie too. Like, is it how? What does this look like? Fifty fifty? Did y'all, or is it like a whole co oh, no. thing? I, I didn't put any fingers on keyboards for this. Um, oh, okay. Uh, you were Luke, just the face. Yeah, I've just honestly, the movie's about me, really, and, <laughs> um, and it's about my spiritual journey. Um, the movie's about a guy who works at a bar, and his friend has this crazy idea to make a movie. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, I like. I remember uh, we brainstorm a lot, uh, Vince, Luke, and myself, on all kinds of different ideas. We we brainstorm a lot, and so I remember Luke being like, "Hey, I've got this idea for this thing," and we'd brainstorm over it at the the bar and grill around the corner from my place here. Yeah, and where you, you know. Yeah. Uh, no, the well, bar? no, different bar actually, oh, okay. but, um, but, uh, you know, just like, Oh, what, what could be funny things in this story? What could be funny characters? Like what are, what is an interesting way to make this joke? And so that went on for a month or two. And then the idea became like, Oh, well, we're going to try to do this as a movie. Um, and then, then like the three of us sort of like put together as much of the story as, as we could. And then Luke went off and wrote it all. Yeah. Um, is that a constant rhythm for y'all? Like, I mean, I'm trying to think, picture this brainstorming process. Is that like, do you have a weekly sit down where you like intentionally try to brainstorm or is it just y'all just living life and texting each other? It's more, it's, it's definitely more like that until it gets time to yeah, like really get real. serious about it, you know? And then it's kind of like, all right, what are we really thinking this story looks like? You know, cause we could, we could basically shoot the shit all day long about like, the gist of it or jokes in it or whatnot. Yeah. And then it kind of becomes like, all right, let's get serious about this. And actually like the last, the script we hopefully do are going to do next. Uh, Tanner and I actually did co-write together. That was okay. like our first, at least my first time kind of like really co-writing something. Um, and that was like a really cool, interesting process as well. I didn't know how that was going to go. Cause I'm so used to like, you know, brainstorming with people, but then kind of like going off for two months and, and into, into a cave and coming out with a script. Um, and it was kind of it was kind of cool. We probably wrote this faster than either of us had ever written anything. And I think a lot of that was because so much of writing, as you know, having just written a book, is uh, is procrastinating yes. or checking Instagram. And um, and so what was kind of great with our process on this is having like two people in the same room 
it could kind of be like, all right, you want to tackle this one and then I will just sit over here on my Instagram and then we'll just kind of like, oh, cool, now I'll tackle this one. And so it, it kind of in a weird way made it so there was no procrastination because at all times someone is yeah. writing. Yeah. And then I would kind of like, like go back through it just to make sure it was all like cohesive sounding like one voice, you know, yeah. but it, it worked out really well. That's cool. And so Tanner, what's it like uh, acting something that is part of, like a brainchild of both of yours. Like, is that, is that a weird thing to feel like? Did you ever sit down and be like, this is strange that this was in uh, our brain actually, at first and now? Uh, well, I tell you, okay. So yes and no. The only strange thing about faith-based was knowing that it was going to be a full length movie. That was the only thing that was like strange is to conceptualize it. Like, Oh, my face is going to be on this screen for 85 minutes or whatever it is. And I know, yeah. I know that was the same for Luke as well. But the, but the whole process of being like, here's this idea that we have hatched, now it's going to be on camera, is something that both of us have been doing for years. Mm -hmm. And so that part of it is actually, that, that's actually one of my favorite parts is like coming up, like I did this whole series with friends called, <laughs> you can look them up there on YouTube, they're called the reenactments, like a reenactment, but with the word snack. And <laughs> so- we would literally put on giant fruit and vegetable costumes and reshoot dramatic scenes from movies line for line, shot for shot. And so like, in terms of like the weirdness of like, oh, we're actually doing a thing we thought about, like those kinds of ideas are much more weird yeah. than faith-based. But uh, faith-based was an hour and a half, which is honestly a little terrifying. Yeah. And knowing that you- We definitely both had like moments too of like neither of us have ever been the lead in a movie and uh, let alone kind of like, in all of the movie uh and then all of a sudden you throw in people like lance reddick who's you know star of the wire the most like critically yeah. acclaimed drama of all time and and all of a sudden there is a little more pressure than just doing a funnier die video where you're like ah we're just gonna like shoot the shit for a day and if we get something funny out of it great if we don't well you know whatever all of a sudden i've got like a scene with with lance and he's like you know basically really dramatic with me and i'm just like oh man am i gonna like you know oh boy i'm sure you had to feel like some amount of pressure to put on like a professional vibe having not been the lead in a movie or maybe not or at least i would i think saying like working with these heavy hitters and be like all right don't look like an idiot don't there was definitely <laughs> there was definitely like as we were getting ready to do this i know that for like for short films and any number of things that I've done of that nature, a lot of it would be like getting the script memorized, you know, practicing it once or twice on set and, and not really thinking about it more in that regard, the rehearsal or the practice part. But for faith-based every single day, Luke and I would run lines a lot. Yeah. And so like we joke, we joke, but both of y'all work extremely hard and are yeah. actually pros. Like it's, it's funny to make jokes about it, but like it, there's no way, there's no diminishing the amount of work that you guys put into this. Like, no, I don't think people thanks, understand. Man. Like I, I actually like, got it. A short film you can make on an iPhone, but making a no shit full length film, I'm sure is just like writing a book where it's just like, you got to put days and days and months and months over and over working all these different things. And it's just impressive that you two guys having not done it before. Well, you did the fear Inc, but having not done it at this scale before, we're able to yeah. get it all the Thanks, way to man. finish yeah. and yeah, to get the publicity totally. for it. It's really impressive to me. It's like a, it's really a good example for people. I think that are probably sitting in the same town as you that are kicking themselves for not having 
the next Brad Pitt role. It's like, you don't really have <laughs> Dude, Brad so Pitt, Thelma yeah. Louise, man. Yeah. You, you, you still got a few minutes to earn earn our love back. Heck, Listen, yeah, if you yeah. work hard, if you work hard, we might bring you in for a callback. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so getting, like, I know we're, we're getting pretty close to time, but where does the movie stand now? So the movie's coming out in theaters or it's out in theaters now. Where does it stand now? It's the theater thing is like, I'm not joking. We got a different email literally every single week about the state of theaters and COVID to the point that we are a hundred percent, uh, go watch it. Uh, and the safety of your home, it came out on Friday. It's basically anywhere you can buy or rent a movie. So all the like iTunes, Amazon, Fandango, Roku's of the world, you know, wherever, wherever you would kind of like buy or rent a movie, it's there. Um, and also let me say this real quick for anybody listening. Uh, the good Lord doesn't forgive piraters, so don't pirate our movie. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's one of the few deadly sins. <laughs> that's one of the few. Yeah. I don't know if you're yeah. aware of it or not, but he doesn't yeah. forgive piracy. <laughs> yes, yeah. sex before marriage. You yeah. can uh, ask forgiveness three hundred times. But I uh, swear to God, if you go to piratebay.com, <laughs> yeah, if you go to piratebay.com, uh, God will strike you down. Yeah, you're just gonna get two knocks on your door, and it's gonna be these two knuckleheads standing there. We're gonna give you a knuckle sandwich. Yeah, Look, I will fly to New Mexico. <laughs> Wherever you are, Dude, your VPN can only protect you for so long. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Coming to find you. That's awesome. Or, uh, so, like, uh, personal question: Are y'all rich from the movie yet? Since releasing Friday, How we are so loaded. We're man. Yeah. Wow. We. Made I was rich. So I was rich until money. I bought this Porsche that's uh, parked out front. Yeah, yeah. uh, now Side I spent a lot of my first. <laughs> Uh, no, man, do I, you know, it's weird. I, we're not, we haven't, we don't even know how the movie's doing yet, to be honest, yeah. but it's, uh, uh, I think what our hope is, and I, is for this movie is that it continues like the movie's miraculously at 93% on Rotten Tomatoes Heck after yeah, dude. 30 reviews. Yeah. And like, um, I think our hope with this more, more than anything else, I think, a, I, I hope over time it gets sort of a fun cult following, especially with people that like are familiar with youth group or Christian movies or whatever. Um, and, and then I hope that like people in the industry, uh, you know, see that 93% and say, uh, what are these guys doing next? Yeah. And then when we go to go yeah. make our, our next one, uh, all of a sudden, like we have Jason Alexander, but we also have Brad Pitt. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, we actually you- get the pick. Yeah. yeah 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 here's also also the truth is is like people don't get rich from movies like this or from like small independent movies like mm. like it, it, you know just because a movie listen on itunes we're like not too far away from other really famous films that are like cool. sequels like we're right next to bill and ted on uh on imovie and y'all been compared We've been compared to them. Uh, <laughs> very nice, lovely comparison. Alex Winder is an angel, and we're glad that he watched our movie. But it's That's like you right. don't get you don't get rich off of an independent movie. Now, if they want us to do uh, Fast and Fast and Furious Twelve, yes, you know, then you might get rich. Have y'all gotten any? Uh, and if not, it's completely fine. But have y'all gotten any like personal uh, reach outs or connections from this movie doing so well for an independent film? Like are are people calling you now saying like, Hey, let's talk or like, Hey, I've got this project. No. All right. I'll cut this. No, not out. yet. I mean, it's well, like, uh, you know, the movie a, it just came out. Yeah. So it's like, and then it kind of takes representation, like raising on, on a movie this small. It's like, it takes kind of representation to be raising awareness. So I think that kind of stuff starts now okay. and it takes having another project ready to go, which we're, we're finalizing do, as well. I do want to tell a real quick story that we haven't told in a long time. Yes, um, in January, when it was in Santa Barbara, 
our first screening packed sold out just slammed in a big theater um and so we're down there in the front after it doing like questions and answers and whatnot and in our movie we make a couple references to sharknado and then so at the question and answer at the end of our very first screening this guy holds his hand up and somebody calls on him and he goes yeah i'm actually the producer of sharknado and then everyone in the auditorium started laughing and then he goes no i'm serious and i'd like to talk to you guys after the movie <laughs> <laughs> So we that haven't even so followed good. up with him. Yeah. I think we need to send him like an email today that's just kind of like, hey, the movie came out. Uh, what's up with Sharknado 12? Yeah. Uh, listen, We'd love listen, to collaborate. Sharknado 12 starring Luke and Tanner. Let me tell you right now, 100% possible. Yes, Ray's just like, look, I've got the next Bill and Ted right here for Sharknado yeah, 12. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, all right. Well, so the movie Faith Based is out now. Everybody go buy it and or rent it and not pirate it. Uh, how do people find you online, Luke and Tanner? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Graham of Tan because I'm witty. Very witty. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I'm on uh, Instagram with a very quintessential I am Luke Barnett name that they use. Wow. Uh, it's and, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and Twitter, I got somehow convinced someone to give up their handle. So on Twitter, I'm just at Luke Barnett. Wow, that's pretty exclusive. Nice. Well, the uh, other the other Luke Barnett is actually a a, a very well known and horrible pastor in Arizona. Who <laughs> he's he's been one of the uh, the people that has been uh, really pushing to make gatherings happen again, and he thinks that masks are fake. So uh, I keep getting messages from this other Luke Barnett that I have to keep responding like wrong Luke Barnett. That's the bad Luke Barnett. I actually, I, as I was uh, researching before this, I did see him come up because like, I typed in Luke Barnett and I was like, surely there's not that many, but it was all stuff about him dream city yeah dream city church <laughs> mega church one of the biggest okay maybe i'll do some digging on that one i've got a, <laughs> got a pretty good platform for that all right well luke and tanner thanks for spending the time with me today and uh again love the movie and i think other people will too and also everybody ha have a sense of humor when you watch this movie it's not a drama it's a comedy so relax and laugh at yourselves if you're in the christian world so again guys i appreciate you doing this and uh let's get that burger next time in la Next yeah, time. man. Hell yeah, dude. All right, Thanks boys. for having us, dude. All righty. Talk to you later. We'll see you later. Thanks again for checking out this episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the pod on Apple Podcasts and all the other platforms that you listen to delicious pods like this one. Also, head on over to your favorite book retailer and start to pre-order the new Preachers and Sneakers book, Authenticity in an Age of For-Profit Faith and Wannabe Celebrities. This is the pretty much the biggest thing to happen to the preachers and seekers account since the start of it so i'm super proud and pumped and terrified at the same time so would love it if you pre-ordered and uh checked out the book and be sure to stay on the lookout for exclusive content and giveaways and merch and all that by subscribing to the email list at preachersandseekers.com. Drop your email there and you'll get some of the most exclusive news, content, merch, all that good stuff by being on that email list. So I really appreciate everyone's attention and time today as well as support throughout the years. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to keep an eye out for the next episode of the Preachers and Sneakers podcast.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. 